Hey, we're gonna start this podcast. Okay. Hey, y'all, this is Content Design with Friends. My name is Rosie Olivar, and today's episode is all about returning to work during the pandemic. So before we get started and having the deep conversations, let's do some quick intros. Camilla. Hi, Camilla Picoche. Pronounce she and her. I'm a content designer based in Chicago. I'm Laura Lopez. I am a content designer and UX writer based in Washington, D.C. I am Susanna Globian. My pronouns are she, her. I'm a UX writer based in Amsterdam, Netherlands. And hello, my name is Laura Costantino. My pronouns are they, them, and I am a content designer based in New York City. Thanks for the intros, y'all. I'm in Seattle, Washington, by the way, and my pronouns are she, her. So today we're going to talk about, you know, returning to work. What does it look like? I think for a lot of us, we were probably used to working inside an office, commuting every day. I know I would have to commute an hour and a half each way, sometimes two hours to come back home. And now I'm just fully at home, which is super nice. (laughs) Just roll out of bed and go to my office. But I'm wondering what has it, what did it look like for you pre-pandemic and what does it look like for you now? So for me, pre-pandemic, I was working on a team that didn't allow for uh, work from home, um, like freely. It it wasn't a flexible schedule, let's say that. You, You needed a good excuse to work from home. So when things started to fall apart and we had the first case of uh, COVID-19, someone working at from a different building and we all saw the news, uh, I was the first one to say, I'm not going to the office until our CEO um, you know, makes an announcement. And I haven't left the home. <laughs> Since I've been working remotely, I I changed jobs. I left that company, started two other jobs from home with remote first companies. And it's not only a quality of life, but having time to be closer to my family, taking care of my animals, even, even eating better. I always struggle to find time to eat, uh, spending money on lunches that, you know, wasn't part of my budget, let's say that. Um, I think um, it just made me more mindful. But I'm curious to hear from you all. So I was kind of like you, Camila, on a team where, well, actually, we had sort of like an allowance to work from home once a week. And I have to say, um, I may be the only one with this opinion, but that worked fine for me. Um, I kind of enjoyed going I don't know if I enjoyed going to the office per se like the routine not necessarily but I enjoyed being around people my situation is a little bit unique because um, I actually decided to and was super fortunate and privileged to be able to take a sabbatical during the pandemic so I just did not work at all and that was really good and again I'm really lucky for that but That also meant that um, 
once I did go back to work, it was like incredibly jarring for me to go from like, this is my routine, going to the office, seeing people, getting coffees, blah, 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 whatever, collaborating in the same room to um, a hybrid form of work and not just like hybrid in terms of like how many times I got to the office during the week, but also like where are the people I work with? And I admit I wasn't used I mean, I had been on a distributed team, but not as large as the one I am now. And I'm one of the few people on the East Coast. Most people are on the West Coast. So personally, I am, I think remote work should be an option 100%. I don't want to uh, I want to be really clear about that. But at the same time, for me personally, I like going to the office and at least like a few days a week. And I kind of miss that camaraderie that can come from like being in an office around people. Yeah, for me, I also switched jobs during the pandemic and pre-pandemic. I was going into an office every single day. And we could do a remote day as needed. And the bit about camaraderie is something I definitely miss. With my current, my past two jobs and my current job right now, it's been fully remote. And we've had events where we're in person and they've only happened this year, but I just found that being in person does fast track that camaraderie like supercharges it, but it's, it's hard though. It, it adds a lot of pressure to those events that you got to meet all these people in person. And yeah, so would I go back? I often think about this, like, am I an office person? Maybe, maybe one day a week, I don't know. Our company is fully distributed, but if there's ever an opportunity for me to meet people in person, I'll usually take it as long as I can control how often I get to be in person. Yeah, I think uh, staying in control is the most important part of it. And that's something that I care a lot about. And in my current company, that's something that we can decide for ourselves how many times, how often we want to go to the office. And I love it. I agree with Laura that for me, it is important to be in the office. Also because I moved countries quite recently. So for me, actually seeing people, like because it was still in the middle of pandemic last year, and when I moved, we were in a lockdown here in Amsterdam. So I was isolated both at work and in my personal life. So it was really hard for me to actually feel included and socialize, integrate in the new world, in the new city. And when you have the office where you can go regularly and just see people it actually makes it easier and i think at some point yeah i was very excited when we could go back um and also yeah it it does definitely for me make it easier to solve some problems because when your stakeholders are just right near you you can just all you have to do is just turn around and then you just ping them in person and you say hey here's the thing and then you just discuss it it takes you maybe five minutes and you save long chats on slack and calls and i don't know whole things so that i like and also just spending time with those people and getting to know to know them because definitely creates a bond and then kind of makes it easier for you to 
to because when you see people on the screen it's just a distant figure that you maybe can't really relate to and then it's easier when you bond in person and then you're like oh hey okay we're doing something together uh, but I gotta say that for me I'm a very shy person and as a speaker and a presenter I have a lot to learn and I'm really nervous so for me actually being able to join meetings and present um remotely, virtually, has made it easier. A lot, a lot, a lot. And I think I got more confident thanks to that. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. I want to bring this up to the group, though. I know human interaction is important. You see body language and reactions, and you manage the conversation easier face to face. I don't want to believe that your career progression depends on your presence. Like people will remember you if they see you. Um, I don't have a solution for that. I can see that happening all the time. I wonder if it's on, if it's part of the culture, if it's the company and if it's at the leadership level to fix that employee experience for distributed teams. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. And actually, when I see or rather hear something that makes it exclusive, like, oh, we all need to be in person because and then like, yeah, it's going to make it easier. I always try and if I can stop and say, hey, um, it doesn't really matter if a person doesn't want to come in, They maybe they can't, maybe they're struggling or something we don't know we shouldn't make it mandatory there is no way that we can't solve it in a hybrid way where someone joins in person someone doesn't and we shouldn't make it exclusive um oh yeah we are talking about this in the same room so it's going to be this it is pleasant yes but to be in the same room sometimes and yeah like human interaction but definitely no that that shouldn't be mandatory now and block pro- career progress. Yeah, that's a super good point. I've heard that too, where you just have to be, oh, it's a person who's always like the first to raise her hand for a project. And so is it really about being there in person or just always turning your camera on? It it sounds like it's more about visibility. So they want, maybe they feel you are best slated for senior or lead or staff uh, because you can demonstrate leadership abilities. Okay, cool. If that's the case, not everybody wants to turn on their camera. We're distributed, heavily distributed still, just the workforce in general. And camera fatigue, meeting fatigue is real. Not everybody wants to put their camera on every single day. That is really tough. People have families at home. There's so many reasons why people don't want to put their camera on. And I do not think you should predicate somebody's career progression for that. If you can, again, get back down to the reason, what are we trying to get at here? It's visibility. It's, you know, demonstrated leadership, whatever that real reason is. Just say that, but don't force people into the office because you're trying to say, oh, this dangle the carrot that, oh, you can move ahead if you come to the office. Like, is it really that or is it something else? Um, mic drop. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's hard. Preach. It's, preach. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's just say the real reason you want people in the office, you know? Got to make that rent worthwhile, that lease worthwhile. 
Ooh, we got all this office space. We have these ping pong tables for you all. You got to use them. Why is it always a ping pong table? Like, for <laughs> real. Always the ping pong tables. Oh, my goodness. Um, okay, yes. Totally agree with everything that everyone is saying here. But going back to what Laura was saying about that fatigue, right, of turning your camera on, of doing all of these things, of maybe even feeling disconnected to what the company is asking you to do versus what works best for you, especially after having to go with a, through a pandemic, a lot of social issues that came up during that pandemic. So like everyone's health is not great sometimes, mental health is not great sometimes, or like you're stressed about other people in your life that are having those issues. That can sometimes lead to what I've started seeing a lot of articles about, which is quiet quitting. So that trend where you're just sort of setting really hard boundaries around well, I was hired to do this, so this is all I'm doing. I'm not going to go above and beyond. Do you feel like that's something that you're seeing that's becoming more common? Are there conversations about that at your work or amongst your network? I would love to hear your thoughts. I have opinions about that because I do not understand why it's called quiet quitting. Like I keep going back to Googling the definition because why is it called quiet quitting? And, you know, we're all content people and words are super important. And to me, quitting feels like giving up, right? Versus setting boundaries is literally the opposite of that is empowering yourself, at least in my opinion, to like, do you do your work as best you can? And it's just kind of like the more I read about it, the more, again, I don't understand why it's called that. I would say, except maybe at the beginning of my career, I've been pretty strict about my boundaries. Um, and there are definitely situations, like if you're really close to a product launch or something where you have to have some flexibility, but on a day-to-day -day basis, like for me, it is really important to know sort of like what my schedule is, be able to have a routine that also includes my own personal life, taking care of mental health. Like you were saying, Rosie, this has been like a really hard time. So setting boundaries, I think actually is like a great tool, right? Like a great way of taking care of ourselves. And I think also taking care of ourselves is political action. So for me, I do not like that term quiet quitting. Because again, I don't think it's quitting. And I also don't think it's quiet. I think it's actually the opposite of it. It's, it's a, to an extent, a political and a personal statement. I'm so confused by this this term too. Yeah, I think it I think what it's trying to say is not that you're not putting in all of like you're not overachieving. I think like the true quiet quitting is like detaching your emotional state from your job. So not feeling like productivity is the only value that you have to offer. And I think as content people, it's really easy to fall into that trap of oh, well, if I don't produce enough words or buttons or, or tooltips or, you know, all of these things, all of this microcopy, then how are they going to know that I'm actually doing my job? It's like, there's a lot about your job that isn't just the words. It's building relationships. It's convincing people to make your priorities their priorities. It's taking the space to like 
just detach from work so you can let yourself be creative. Because I know for me, if I'm just grinding and like trying to think of new ways to say the same thing and say the same thing, I'm going to come up with nothing. I'm going to just burn out. And so I need to take that time, like maybe go for a walk with my dog or like sit in my backyard and take my laptop out there and think right on paper instead of writing in a digital interface, right? Yeah, I think quiet quitting is more of an emotional state that you're not married to that that productivity being your only value, but maybe I'm wrong. Feel free to come at me. (laughs) I just hate that this is all coming from the burnout and uh, mental overwhelm. It's all coming from content designers. Why are we always burned out? Why we're always struggling and trying to prove our value all the time? Why do we have to put an effort to bid relationships? and produce work and think about our leadership and our career growth and more and more and more, right? It's all because folks don't value or don't understand what we do. I just, I think it's so unfair and it's so, it's so shitty for this industry. (laughs) I hope we come back from it. I don't mean this in a toxic positivity way by any means. I feel like the tides are turning. At least I see signs for it. Time will tell. Time will tell. Rosie, you said something really interesting about quiet quitting. That was really interesting about how it's like, oh, removing the emotions from work. Also with the term quiet quitting, I feel like this is just an icky point of view from a corporation, honestly. I had a former manager who, to us, it's boundaries. And it's okay to have those boundaries. I had this manager once who... She had a newborn at home and she had this return to work document and was like, oh, you have my full attention between the hours of 9 and 4.30. 4.30? Maybe tough. At 5 p.m., I am not available and you should not be also. And I thought that was so great. It's not her quiet quitting at all. It was just her setting the boundaries. And I wonder if that term quiet quitting is more just from like a corporation's point of view and how they are feeling the emotions about people putting boundaries with work. I wonder if maybe that's why so many people disagree with that term is because, oh, it's not from our point of view. We just look at it as boundaries. But, you know, words matter. I don't know who chose that term or where it came from. But who wrote I do. I don't know. I don't know. I just remember seeing it on on an article in an article at one point I was like wait what is this um yeah, yeah. well thanks so much for bringing up the oh um Laura did you have a comment I see you're off mute oh I was just wondering is it because the alliteration sounds good and so the media wanted to like come up with that I don't know I could see that <laughs> I could see that they can do better they can do better wait so I guess like what would you call it then if not quiet quitting, what's a better word? Ooh, I'm putting you on the spot. Oh, are we going to workshop this live on the <laughs> podcast? <laughs> I mean, for me, it's just setting boundaries. How is that new at all? That's, I think, kind of like my point, right? If we say that in corporation setting boundaries is something new, then I guess that is it. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. That's kind of like my, my whole question. Quiet rabble. Let's say that. Right. (laughs) The quiet revolution. (laughs) The quiet revolution. 
even better. So speaking about your former manager, going on maternity leave, coming back, setting those boundaries, I can definitely relate to that because I just came back from maternity leave and it has been rough. (laughs) So many people warned me like you cannot do, you can't just like pedal to the metal all the time, 24 seven. So you have to choose like where you're going to pedal to the metal. And for me, like I love work. So like I will almost always choose work over my personal life, right? But you have to build in times for rest. And so like, I have definitely set boundaries around the first couple of weeks. Hey, I'm only going to be here four days a week. Do not message me on my day off. I will not be replying to you. If you need copy, I will get it either before that day or after that day. And also setting boundaries around like my lunch. In the past, I would work through my lunch. Like, it's fine. I don't care. And now I'm just like, I'm taking care of my baby. (laughs) I'm spending time with my baby, which honestly is so refreshing because she energizes me. Just spending time with her away from work and eating some food or trying to, because like she's smacking me in the face. I come back to work and I have like a zest for life, especially when everything is like wild and chaotic at work. And I take this moment to just be in the tiny, beautiful chaos that is spending time with my child. I can come back and be like, you know what? The world is a good place. Everything is fine. Aww. So, yeah, that's sweet. That is so nice. <laughs> Before I used to take dance breaks, and so I'm like, I take dance breaks with her, and I'm like, dancing bachata and death metal, which I don't know. <laughs> so I guess like, Aww. has anyone here taken an extended leave or a sabbatical of some sort? And what was it like coming back from that? Oh, that's so cute, Rosie. My (laughs) leave story is not as heartwarming as I broke my wrist this summer rollerblading and I got surgery, decided to go back to work like pretty much less than a week after surgery because I thought, and that was totally my doing, and I thought it would distract me and be good for me and not make me think about my pain and you know whatever I was going through and it was completely the opposite all I could think of was how much pain I was in and I was having like the hardest time like working and focusing and so I'm not back from medical leave yet so I don't know how returning to work is going to be but I've been thinking about it a lot and I've been thinking a lot about like how am I going to be able to be balanced and productive at the same time and I think having all that time I have right now to like you said take care of myself make myself lunch take care of my wrist do my exercises and everything I have to do make sure I ice it put like hot pads when it hurts and stuff like that right now my concern is like how am I gonna be able to balance that self-care with being productive being impactful and again I don't think I have an answer but I do think one thing that I'm focusing a lot is how am I gonna reduce the time I spend in meetings that's actually for me like a big thing I'm like meetings biggest waste of time most of the time not every time obviously but so often such a waste of time especially now that we are again distributed working in different locations no answer on that but definitely something I feel 
again, really strongly about like, why do we have all these meetings? They can always be like a Slack message or an email. It does not need to be a meeting. I'm with you on that one. <laughs> so on that topic of coming back from work, taking a sabbatical, Laura, I also know that at one point you also took some time off of the workforce. Yes. What was what was that like for you coming back from that? Also, what was it like just like waking up and not having to log in anywhere? It was great, but it was very hard at the beginning. It took me months to actually be able to be okay with it. And that that's more, you know, it says something about me, unfortunately, than about taking a sabbatical. <laughs> it's I came from a place where I was under so, so much pressure and I just had become to an extent a little bit of a work robot, right? This is what I do. This was, you know, when I wake up, I think about the work I have to do at the beginning. It was like kind of hard not to have that routine. And also maybe this is gonna sound lame but I kind of went through this whole thing during my sabbatical about what did I really want to do with my career and I was very much in between marketing and brand strategy and content design content strategy and so I did have like first of all the space and opportunity to think about it but then when I decided what I wanted to do then I was excited about I mean excited and scared I should say about uh, going back and finding a job and becoming a part of the community and not losing touch completely. But I can talk about this for hours. So let's move on. <laughs> I mean, I definitely felt that during my maternity leave. So like we rebranded it. And uh, so my wife and I called it our summer retirement. We had a <laughs> summer baby. And then we're like, okay, like now let's think about like, if we retired from the workforce completely, what would we do? And so we made a list like, oh, we want to travel to all these places. Some of them were unrealistic, right? We're not going to go to Lisbon, okay? We're trying to take it. We're trying to, like, find sleep. Um, and so, like, every morning, like, me having, like, a to-do list, like, I got to do laundry today, and then I get to go to, like, this beautiful garden nearby was just helpful because for my personality, I can't not have a plan. <laughs> like, at least at some point during the week, I need some type of plan. Even if the plan is there's no plan today. But eventually I, I do need, I need a bulleted list of some type or else I start to like unravel. I'm like, what's happening? I can't control anything. Um, team travel. Yes. Thank you, Susan. Team travel. Um, our next episode is just going to be about all the places we'd love to travel and all the content we want to fix while we're there. Um, yes. No, just... <laughs> I love it. Yes. Let's do this. <laughs> but also, can I just uh, pitch in with one comment about all that you said and Laura said that I recently read a very interesting thread in Russian, unfortunately, unfortunately, because I can't share, but it was about nervous resting um, that I found that I can really relate to, which was, I know it was like mentioning a saying that we have in Russian, which you can't catch a fish without putting in some work, basically, but it justifies always the mindset of always having to work and then even when you're not doing anything which happens sometimes even at work right there are some times when the work is slow and then 
you can actually sit and think more strategically about what you want to do, but then you always feel like that kind of restlessness. I need to be doing something urgent, something I need to be actually swamped <laughs> completely and stretched <laughs> to feel validated somehow. And that is, I can definitely relate to that. And sometimes I, I think I'm, I'm a nervous rester <laughs> or however you could call that, but yeah, sometimes you feel like you need something going on, even when there's nothing. And then sometimes you just need to let it go. That saying exists in Italian too, and it's chi dorme non piglia pesci. I'm going yes. to have to that one. I'm wow. have to yeah. <laughs> I feel like that is the life of a content designer. It's, uh, I'm not producing something right now. But that, oh, that sums it up perfectly. I was thinking... Susan, while you're talking, will this explain why I have the Sunday scaries? I'm not doing anything like work is work's going to happen tomorrow, but one a different way. But I could totally <laughs> I could totally see a lot of content designers relating to that saying in Russian and Italian. Wow. Do we have it in English? I'm trying to think. What is? Hmm. I don't think we do. Tell us in, I don't know. <laughs> If you catch us on Twitter or LinkedIn, tell us then. We have an email too, which is cdwithfriends at gmail.com. Send us your thoughts, all of the thoughts, right? Um, my final question here is, has anybody taken time off just to find a job? I know for me, that's been really difficult. I don't like not working. I've like jumped from job to job in a way that's like, I end this one on Friday and I start the next one on Monday. And I know that's not the right thing, right? I should just take a week or two weeks. I always encourage other people to do that. So has anybody done that? And what was it like finally starting that next job after taking that much needed break? So I've done that at a previous job where I did take a little bit of time in between. And it's just to, it's really just for rest. It was during the pandemic that I, um, Switched jobs, had a little bit of time in between. So a lot of it was not spent traveling, unfortunately. A lot of it was sitting on my couch. <laughs> but, uh, you know, rest can happen in many different ways. And it just so happened to happen in my living room. <laughs> yeah, rest. Yes, is- sitting on a couch. <laughs> Let's normalize sitting on the couch. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks so much for sharing all of your thoughts, y'all. I think we're just going to wrap it up. But if you are struggling to return to work or if you have any thoughts on this topic, we'd love to hear from you. So feel free to send us that email or tweet at us or what do you comment on our LinkedIn? Like we don't have a LinkedIn message us in mail. Is it called in mail? In mail? Yeah. Just slide into our DMs on Twitter, email. Yeah. We're a chatty bunch. Let's talk it up. Oh, yeah. All right, y'all. Thanks so much for listening or reading this episode. Bye. 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 And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening. All opinions expressed in this podcast are our own and do not reflect the opinions of our employers. Have feedback, questions, or an idea for a future episode? Email us at cdwithfriends at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And don't forget to subscribe to it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Recording in progress. Oh, crap. Did I stop recording? I did not.
Where is that? I, feel I like see I that it's still it. recording on my end. Yeah. No, I meant Descript, but... It... Oh, okay, my bad. I guess if I minimize the app, it stops recording, which is ridiculous. Anyways, that's fine. Let's hope Zoom gives us good quality. Okay, Zoom gods, please be nice to us.